G'day, I'm Harper. Welcome back to the back pocket. Um, so I know chills. You've got you've been brewing on something yeah, all week. Me very week. excited. Got some so feedback. Um, even people at school, they've been you know yeah in the midst with some chat. And you know, I just I know, on behalf of everyone, all four of us here, would like to apologise for <laughs> Jack and Marty's efforts last week. <laughs> I thought some of the calls he made, or not just me, you know, us, you know, the rest of us, and also people at school, thought his uh his form was not too great. Jack, you got anything to say about that? Only upwards from here. Only upwards from here. You'd hope so, after calling Harrison Jones on the wing for the rest of the season. But anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, so, into the bushfire game, the State of Origin game that was last night. It was an awesome spectacle. Yeah. It was good skills, you know. Awesome skills on display from both sides. Ping pong footy, I thought. Not much it happened. Just, you know, it was going back and forward. It was just going bang, yeah. bang, bang, bang. Yeah, it was. It was really rapid. You know, like a half-time, you saw all the boys were pretty gassed. Um it's good footy all around, I think. That's just what you want to see as a fan. Yeah. Like, there's points where if there was a ball up, I'd literally be angry. Yeah. Because I just wanted the play to keep going. Well, well that's you- the thing. There really wasn't. Stoppages were next to none. The ball went out of bounds probably a handful of time. Uh, yeah, stoppages, um, what's it called? Transition down the middle of the ground or to do the ground just from end to end was amazing by hand and foot. The skills were uh, on display. Quick question. Yep. Did Dustin Martin deserve the best on-ground medal? Anyone Personally, mm-hmm. I think Toby should have won it. Toby Green, yeah. Yeah, just because if you look at their stats, they've got similar stats. Toby, a couple more goals. Dusty, a couple more behinds. Um, but, you know, the commentators kept harping on about Dusty, his hand him off, he's assisting all the goals. He had the same amount of goal assists as Toby at the end of the day. Um, and I think just Toby kicked his goals in the right times. The mm-hmm. ones to get him in front, get him the 30-point lead that was so crucial and into the 50s. I think Toby Green's teammate, Josh Kelly, I thought he was definitely... He should have had a he should have played, had the medal. Yeah. yeah, I thought he played a great game. He kicked four, had over 20 touches. I thought he had a pretty good day out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't think... I think it wasn't necessarily a matter of Dusty not being good enough because he was great, but there were definitely candidates, as both of you have stated that were um, just as deserving of the medal. And you wonder if the AFL just like the narrative of Dusty winning it for the Vicks and the oh, story itself. It's just not Dusty. It's Trent Cochin and uh, Damien Harbick oh holding God. up the cup I again. It's, it just doesn't seems like it doesn't stop happening. Those three just not <laughs> always. Yeah. Have, two of them always got the cup and the other one with the uh, medal around their neck. Probably a bit hypocritical coming from a Hawthorne supporter, but I'm kind of sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess... A lot of us are. But anyway, yeah, um, so it was just... I think it should be tradition, though, for... I think uh, it should be yearly. 52,000 people came through the gates at Marvel Stadium last night, and um, I don't think it would be stupid if the AFL didn't want that to continue. Especially with no injuries as well. Yeah, no exactly right. No injured throughout yep. the game. The question that comes along with that, though, is does it become a charity match and something done from goodwill... And then, furthermore, does it become for bushfire relief every year? Because realistically, it's not a problem that's going away in Australia anytime soon. So does that become a fixture? Yeah, well, when you look at it, when you think about it, um, the communities that were affected by the bushfires, they're still ravaged. There's still a lot of rebuilding to do. One bushfire game, all these donations from all around the world, um, still, there's still a long way to go. So it would definitely help the bushfire game 
each year because and you'd want that continued thing you wouldn't want a, a new cause every year sort of thing um and you don't you don't want it out of the blue there's definitely the, the demand for it there there has been everyone's always wanted a state of origin yeah um definitely and i think it has to go i'm not you know, i'm not saying it shouldn't be a bushfire game i'm not saying it should be but it should be some type of charity definitely like i think it raised six seven million dollars last night which yeah. is massive um and the thing is, it's more than just that lump sum. Because realistically, in Australia, you know, footy, footy is massive. Yeah, and for these, country, for these country towns, yep. seeing their heroes play and they know they're playing for them, yep. um, does a world of um, yep. merit for their morals. When yep. you say you're playing, when they, you said they are, are they playing for them, they're playing for their state and, you know, for yep. that. Do you think that the fact that Victoria are playing for Victoria. They've got that, you know, that allegiance to their state. And the other, the, the, the best of the rest, essentially, are playing for, you know, all the other states. Do you think the Victorian having the V on their chest had a big impact in the uh, way the game turned out? Uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I think, well, I reckon, I reckon it has to be like that, the structure of it, having all-stars being the best of the rest, because you look at the states like New South Wales and Queensland, they're predominantly rugby states. Yep. And, you know, most of the youngins up there, they're just playing rugby yep. from the get-go. So yep. Well, when you look at it, um, for a bushfire game, for, the, for what it was, it, wasn't, it was a state of origin, but it, wasn't a, it was the bushfire game. It wasn't a state of origin series like, say, the rugby has. Yep. Um, so for that format, yeah, an All-Star versus Victoria, especially when in past history, Victoria's been, you know, full of footy talent. Yeah. Um, it's suitable for that and there's just no way that we could have a format where everyone would be happy with all states playing with a state team it's just yeah it's too much time really and with this style of footy when they're playing that um hyper offensively the little um differences i guess in quality from one side to the other they're at that they're at a level they're at a standard that oh having one team is slightly better on paper doesn't have that great effect it's a matter of which stars turn it on for longer and how effective they are. And that takes you to the point of the All-Stars. They only had one less scoring shot than the Vicks and they got blown out quite embarrassingly in the end. Yeah. Well, um, they, definitely got, they definitely had a crack in the first three quarters. I the first three quarters. Of course they did, but that was just a testament to the way the game was played. Yeah. You know, it wasn't as much as, you know, they... they <laughs> Looking at the scoreboard, they got smashed in the end. It wasn't. It was still quite entertaining and a competitive effect. Yeah, I think that's the main factor that could be brought out of this game. It was just. Um, it was entertaining. There was. It was all for entertainment, and yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, well, you look at some of the delivery, the kicks, you know, yeah. inside fifty, especially like they make Tex Walker look like the best key forward in the league. <laughs> the way he was marking it, like. Yeah. Um, at yeah. the other end, though, Tommy Hawkins, or at the same end, same end, so definitely. Same end. <laughs> oh, I'll put that down. Someone put, someone put that down. Oh so, my god! Uh, so who's apologising for me next week? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Hawkins, I didn't know was playing for a long time though. Tom yeah, Lynch. well, I saw Tom um, Lynch did nothing. I thought um, Jack McRae. Oh, I didn't know he was missing. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think I saw. I didn't see him till the last quarter. Yeah, well, um, Tom Hawkins, after the game, said that in uh, some practice games for Geelong, some intra-club type of games, Blitzards had had the better of him, um, you know, in mm. training. Yeah, yeah. And he said he did again, which is what well, he did, really. Mm. He was all over him the whole game. 
Tomahawk had such a great year, and I, I commended him is the season he put together last year. And it had a lot to do with the fact that he built a tank and was able to do more than just come out of the goal square. Yeah, push up the ground. But uh, last night, he did not get out of neutral. Yeah, he no. was um, parking it up top. Yeah, I feel like maybe that could have been due to the fact that it was just a... A fun type of game It's not a competitive game So hopefully he doesn't Hopefully he does get out of that first gear um, For the start of the season Which is what you'd expect um, Who is the most irrelevant player In that game That played Eddie Betts Oh, oh Eddie no Betts. See he, he, I don't care if it was a late call up He got no, called no, in And he was no. crap Yeah he was crap but <laughs> he wasn't, he, you, Eddie is one of those players Which you want in these games He just well, he wasn't originally picked in the I don't think so. I know. He wasn't originally picked, so... I don't think you can say he's irrelevant as... as he's a, a bit of an icon. Oh, who, okay, well, who's more irrelevant? Lockie Waller. But he, he played well last night. Did you watch it? I agree. What about? <laughs> what are you talking about? He plays at Gold Coast. There's just not so much that comes along with the name Lockie Waller. I'm saying even though like Eddie Betts... <laughs> don't, don't start this, please. <laughs> oh, no. Apparently, he's got a bit of... We're not having another Not Christian Petrarca. He's better than Petrarca. I think Lockie Waller had more of an impact last night. Yeah, no, he does, but irrelevant. Like... It's the what about, of a relevant, are you talking about relevance as in the player or isn't how they went last night? The player, because, or a bit of both, because you think of a player, I'll just throw one out, Shane Edwards. Oh, yeah, completely was... forgot that he was playing until. Yeah, okay. Until oh, he, yeah. Last quarter. Greg Shepard. So I typically oh, say great, players, no, great players. Great players. Yeah, no, but no, you don't see him well. during the game. You yeah. don't notice what they're doing. Yeah, sure. Um, so, but if you're talking about relevance specifically, you almost put Callum Mills in that conversation yeah, again, he and he had a great game. Yeah. So and he, he was obviously like, one that surprised me. Yeah. He played really, really well. I feel like though you see, you saw Waller and you saw Mills actually take on the game, yeah, do stuff that makes like, you remember that they played. Like we remembered that they played good. He remembered that he played. Yeah, like, couldn't tell you anything that Shane Edwards did. Yeah, that's a good. That's a very good point. Um, from the game last night, he uh, who do you reckon was impressed impressed you the most? Like. From who do you think could be the best player from that lot, if you know what I mean, for this season? Who's going to have the best season? Yeah, this who's going to have the best season based on last night's game? Yeah, like just from last night's game. Who who impressed you? Who who stood out for you? I'd say it again, Josh Kelly. I, was, I mean, I still reckon he should have won the best on ground. Yeah, obviously he's a great player. You know, I, yeah, I just think he's up for a ripper season. GWS can follow it up as well. Yeah, well, Toronto's out, so mm, yeah, Toronto, just, just done recently, just done about an hour ago. Um, we are recording this on a Saturday now, better confirm that for, <laughs> for the rest of everyone listening now. So I'm not sure the extent of that injury right now, I don't think, but it, it was pretty, looks pretty obvious so. straight away. Yeah. He so. knew, and he's a person who's dealt with shoulder injuries before. Um, he knew that it was done. Yeah. But um, on that, what the point I was trying to make was, um, you, you're looking at guys like Kelly. Will it have a negative impact? He doesn't have his ball feeding it out to him, and maybe a guy like Canelio filling that void. Yeah. Because um, they there was reports he was going to play up forward this season. I think that's the thing at GWS that they don't have to worry about as much as some other clubs. There is no shortage of players that can run no, through that depth, midfield. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I think they're the most fortunate team. Like if you had to pick one team to lose a star midfielder. GWS are probably the best to cope. Yeah. Um, other than that, I thought I liked the look of um, Fife. 
even though he wasn't doing the big impact stuff, I just liked the way he moved around the contest. Um, same as Cripps as well. His big tackle on Bond. Yeah, that was awesome. Nice I, love that. I love that big tackle. Cripps showed the right mindset, I think, and similarly did Paddy Dangerfield with a few big chase down tackles. Yeah. Um, as much as I hate to say it, but he, he'll be massive for Geelong this year. Yeah. Um, moving, changing topics a bit. The MRO decision during the week to ban Marley Williams for two games. Um, where do you guys, where do you reckon you stand with that? Where's your... My initial reaction was maybe it's excessive, but it, we, we don't want to see it happen in the game. So th- that's where you've got to weigh up. You've got to weigh up, is it fair to penalise one person to stamp an action like this out of the game? Or do we need to treat everyone on its merits? Because we see this, this incidents like this and players will get one week. Yeah. Oh, I think it sets the tone for the season. For yeah. the season. Um, I think, well, from personally, what I, what I make of it is that he ran, Marley Williams ran past the ball to intentionally bump. Yeah. So, you know, from that, I think that is two weeks. I don't think there's anything wrong with yeah. the MRO giving that two weeks personally. So. Well, I like to think what happens to the player who was affected. So, Eddie Richards, he's been pretty badly concussed. Um he'll probably would have missed around two weeks if it was during the season. Um, so Marley, I think that's fair for the two weeks as well. Yeah, he was taken to hospital after the um, the game. Yeah. I so same on the ground as well. My, yeah. pro- um, oh. my problem is more so with the way they make the decision though because Chilza's reasoning here was made perfect sense to me. He didn't have, make a play on the footy and he intentionally went to hurt someone. However, that's not how the MRO look at it. They look at, at oh, was it intentional? Was it, um, what, what damage did it do? And this, where was impact. the contact point impact? Do we like that as a way to... I don't think... I think, as Thorny said before, I think the, uh, what happened to the player that did get hit, so the, he has been taken to... Um, Richards has been taken to hospital with a concussion... I feel like that has to have a big impact in the way the MRI deals with the decision. <laughs> What's so funny, guys? I feel like I feel like this is just. <laughs> All right. Honey, oh, oh, the kettle's ready. This is what we like to call could... the human whistle. It's something that Jack breaks out into when oh. he laughs. Um, I think what's funny is Jack's overall demeanour in answering questions. Uh. He seems like an expert, but he's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it um, seems to amuse chills. Thorny, uh, take us into our next segment. Right? <laughs> take us into the next segment. It's a debut segment. You've been looking forward to it. Just yeah. has chills. So let's, yeah. uh, let's go. All right. So I'd love to spice up the podcast a little bit, get in some stuff that's not about sports. So I've thought up random question of the week. Okay. So sure. So what have you got for us this week? What's the first one to uh, get this All segment right. going? Well, us boys, other than Jackie, we're going out tonight, so... Um, Loser. <laughs> Sorry, go on. My question is, You're what is Sorry, the best on. night out food? Best night out food. So, food after a party, uh, whatever circumstances, just late at night food. Um, I mean, let's be real, Macca's doesn't go astray. Let's be real. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Look, I don't mind a double quarter pounder after a night out, I'll be honest. Um, I mean, HSP follows up. Oh, no, I shall put that third. 
a Goofy's pizza, yeah, definitely yeah. he has to be up there. It has to be up there. I it mean, does. Yeah. Goofy's want to plug us, you know. We're plugging you. Exactly. Goofy's pizza on Buckley Street. Uh, um, yeah, no, well, he can't get past yeah. Goofy's I would pizza. I have yeah. to agree with you. Like in that order, is that like Matthew's yeah. Goofy's? Yeah, bear. that's yeah, Jack. I, I do like that. I just think Hungry Jacks is a bit of an underrated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh. Jack. Okay, so when was the last time you've been to Hungry Jacks? Probably a month ago. Oh, turn it turn it up, bro. Uh, so bro. I just want to go Hungry Jacks. Uh, Leave this segment. Uh, I just want to say. Wait, and and he wonders why he's not coming out tonight. <laughs> I just want to say, Jack, I'm just going for some hungry jacks. You said, you said it can only get better from here. Mate. <laughs> you said hungry jacks. It's gotten worse. It is honest. Honestly, my ears would rather listen to you rant on about Christian Petrarch's <laughs> abs than that call right there. Okay. Oh, All right, if you really say oh, so. Oh, yeah, you said that the same order. All right. Yeah. yeah. Thorny, your take on your own question? Yeah. Well, I put the pizza ahead, but I think Macca's... Bit of a social. It's an after party after the party. It is. Yeah, Everyone it goes is. to Macca's, no matter where you are. You can be being like whoop whoop, and there'll be a Macca's there, and everyone will go there after the party. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so I want to talk about a bit of the the fight we there was last week. We after we finished uh, recording the podcast last week, Hangman. We watched yeah, Dan Hook, uh, Dan the Hangman Hooker versus Paul Felder the Irish Dragon. Um, they battled out and. Absolute war. Yeah, went the, went the whole five minutes. I went the whole five, 25 minutes. minutes. Both got taken to the hospital after the fight. Um, Thorny, you're the USC man. Yeah. Who's next for the hangman? Um, well, there's, he called out Gaethje. He'd previously called out Poirier, and Poirier said, give me Gaethje. And like, you can fight Gaethje, then I'll give you what you want. Um, so he, he couldn't get Gaethje. He went on, fought Falter, beat him. Um, called out Gaethje, but uh, said also that it's Gaethje or Poirier. Yeah, so, so Poirier came out and said oh, he's got 25 minutes for the, the hangman. Um, but Gaethje is pegged to fight uh, McGregor. So, yeah, I, th- I for me, I see Dan fighting um, Poirier next, Gaethje fighting McGregor. Yeah, and it's a... Uh, yeah, it's looking like a really contested and stacked weight division at the moment. Yeah, really. Well, you've got the Khabib versus Ferguson fight. And that's in, what, th- uh, April, mid-April? So yeah, that's about April. a month about a month and a half away. Um, yeah, it's looking good. It's, it's looking good for that weight division. Um, yeah, well, Hangman's been killing the scene for the last couple of years. Um, and so it's really nice to see him... Getting up the ranks because originally he wasn't as good. Yeah. Uh. Oh, he was. He was a good fighter, but he was in featherweight, which just wasn't his division. Yeah. Exactly right. Um. Yeah. And then his gym, City Kickboxing. Yeah. Is dominating the UFC world at the moment. Yeah. They've got two champions. Ah, uh, Hooker. They've got heaps of Australian kids coming through, heaps of New Zealand kids coming through. Brad Quake Riddell. <laughs> exactly. He's... Shocking nickname, Quake. <laughs> but it's looking really good for City Kickboxing, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, another belt came next to Volkanovski's and Adesanya's at that gym. Yeah, it's just... I don't know from who, but Khabib's it's just... dominant. He is. He is way too dominant. dominant. There's no way Hooker's winning that lightweight belt. I'm sorry. There's no way he's winning. Nah, it's um, apparently Riddell, um said if he gets anywhere close to Hooker's 
number is ranked, then he'll be going up to welter or yeah. or going down. Yeah. So um, during the week on our Instagram page, the uh, Back Pocket Podcast Instagram page, go follow it if you haven't already. We put up on our Instagram story questions for this week, or what do you want us to talk about? Chills, what um, have you got for us? Right, first one, UFC P4P landscape at the moment. So the pound for pound landscape, yeah. yeah. John Jones still on top. Yeah. Um, well, he has. He won that controversial last fight. Um, Against Dominic Reyes, yeah, that was a good fight. Yeah, really he fun. probably should have been dropped down. He showed a bit of vulnerability, though. Yeah. Which was refreshing. Yeah, well, the fight against Santos, Santos blow, blew out both his knees, <laughs> literally obliterated his legs, and he's talk, I'm talking about his own legs, um, and still took him long, and it was a hard fight. The last couple of fights have been hard for him, and if you um, say Blaschewitz or Reyes again, it could be seriously a dangerous uh, Yeah, time. I think the Polish Hammer yeah. fights him next. I feel like it was set up really nicely. Yeah, with the Corey Anderson fight. And yeah. Yeah, so do I, so do I. And maybe he can rain down the hit that knocks him out. Yeah, he's got that knockout power. He's yeah, Rockhold. Yeah, right, he knocked Anderson. out Rockhold. And yeah, he's and he, he's also, he can grapple. He's proven yeah. to grapple uh, in the past many times, just as Jones has. So I, I think that'll be a good fight if they can get that organised quickly. Anyway, yeah. Chills, next. Another one, um, the... Arguably one of the biggest boxing fights of, well, obviously this decade so far, but um, Wilder versus Fury. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Obviously, Tyson Fury got the dub in the seventh round. And, you know, reports came out from De- Deontay Wilder's point of view that uh, the, um, his entrance costume uh, had an effect on his legs and how they fatigued. He had no legs from the start of the fight. Yeah. yeah he's saying that, you know, a 20 kilo... You know, 40 pounds equivalent to about 20 kilos. Yeah. Um, apparently, that 20 kilo suit um, really, you know, fatigued really his legs. Yeah, so yeah. really got him really, apparently. really fatigued early on. So, so we're so. just going to pretend that he's never put this suit yeah. on before, yeah. never tried it on, anything like that? Or Well, what's interesting is he said he didn't actually get hurt, even though they had to throw in the towel. It wasn't yeah. like and well, also, that was a bit of a controversy as no, well. No, no, but, but they he were... didn't have legs. <laughs> there no. were also. Um, People were saying they should have thrown the towel in earlier. It was just, there was a lot of controversy around the fight. As there are with those big events, you know, and what doesn't matter what sport it is, there's always controversy that comes across it. Yeah, well, anything you do as a professional athlete, I wouldn't really know because I'm <laughs> the least professional athlete in the world. But uh, anything you do, it's your, it's your routine. You have to get it right. You have to be familiar. Yeah. It's your own fault if you're doing something that's against your routine that stuffs up your fight. And honestly, the way he got dominated, it wasn't like it was close. It was a domination. Like, there's yeah. no... You might think his past record is the only thing that is deserving of a rematch. But then you think of a trilogy when it's already 1-0 or 1-0-1 and one because of the draw. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Top, yeah. Fury only has to lose from that. So is Fury fighting um, Joshua? Joshua next? Well, there was an interesting thing. Uh, I wish Fury said that. So Anthony Joshua on TV had said, oh, "I'll come spar with you," and um, well, he didn't. Fury said, "Oh, yeah, you can come." He, right, he accepted the invitation to spar, but 
at the end of the day, Joshua didn't show up, and apparently Joshua regretted saying that as soon as it came out of his mouth. Yeah. Um, but they are the two biggest heavyweights in the world right now. And if Fury wins, I think if Joshua, sorry, if Joshua wins, he can get that. Obviously, he'll get the belt off Fury, which will give him, I think, what, six belts? A lot of belts. It'll give him heaps and also reciprocates for Fury. Anyway, chills. You've got um, one more for us? Yeah, one more. Uh, surprise all Australians this year. So we know Jack's, you know, Jack's labelled Brody Jack as a potential, <laughs> a potential candidate for that. Um, yeah. Um, Thorny, what do you got? Surprise all Australians. Oh, I don't know. I haven't given it much thought, you know, but I think if, since Taranto's down, maybe a guy like Jacob Hopper, he averaged 26 touches last year. Yeah. He's a gun midfielder and he can be that contested bull. Maybe, who knows, he could get it up to 28, 30 touches and, and the tackles that Taranto had and, uh, really push for a spot. Hops, what do you got for us? Oh, I'm not really too sure. Like Thorny said, I haven't given it heaps of thought. Brad Hill, maybe? Uh, oh, I'd hope so. I'd hope so. <laughs> but, um, I'm going to go with um, Jack's love interest in um, Christian. The Washboard. The yeah, Washboard. Okay, yeah. I think he is in, well, as Jack pointed out very clearly last week, he's in uh, good nick physically. And um, yeah, he looks like he can turn the competition on in its head if things go his way. Really depends if they play him in the middle. But chills? Um Yeah you know, oh, I'm trying to think. I'd probably have to give it to uh probably I reckon Josh Kennedy. I reckon he'll come back. I reckon, Spring back into form. Yeah <laughs> I reckon he will. Well yeah I yeah he played well in the preseason. Obviously he's got in a losing another yeah, and he's got another um another talented mid in uh, Tim Kelly putting it down his throat. Yeah, exactly. So he's got the delivery that comes in. Yeah. Um, I've got another one to throw in the mix, and this one might be subject to a bit of Hawthorne bias, but I feel... Of course it, it is. <sighs> says the Hawthorne supporter. Yeah. I, um, well, if, you don't say me being biased, do you? No, no, yeah, I don't. Exactly. But if Chad Wingard is able to play the way he did the last five weeks of last year, yeah. um, we've... Consistent time in the midfield and impact up forward. I think he can make the twenty-two. Yeah, um, that's a good. Oh, yeah, well, just a, in general, it's a hard one. It's, it's, a, hard it's, one. it's a tough one, especially so, general, so early as well. All Australian, it's so hard to break into. Mm. Maybe just a player that you reckon might make a, a little jump, like say, like a like forty minute, like a forty-minute squad or something, or, or maybe just um, like a third-year to fourth-year sort of player okay. that's just made the jump into sort of a, a really good player. Well, we saw one. Andy McGrath, that's gotten a lot more time in the midfield, we saw in their first Pracky match and got quite a bit of the pill, looked really good using the ball. Um, could be what Essendon actually need, you know, moving the ball a lot cleaner forward, a lot more damaging. Um, Andy McGrath could take the step up this year. I reckon um, Oliver Florent. I yeah, reckon yeah. he's got a bit of talent about him. Classy. Yeah, he's definitely classy. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, like you said, fits your criteria, three to four year player. Yeah, I think he, I mean, he had a pretty good season last year, so I don't see why he can't go one up this year as well. Yeah, so um, breaking news in the uh, this week in the medical side of, of things. Yeah. Um, Polly Farmer, of course, great uh, Geelong, <laughs> former, great former Geelong Ruckman. I think we just hold this for a second. Chills has almost dislocated his elbow on the side of my dining room table. 
Um, so former Geelong Ruckman, obviously one of AFL's great, he is said to have reinvented the handball basically, um, was diagnosed with um, CTA. And I know yeah, that's Chills and Thorny, you guys know a bit about this. So do to give the obviously, listeners a bit of a... The uh, American footballers, it's a pretty common thing that happens. Obviously, you know, you've got the, that movie starring Will Smith, Concussion. Obviously, that puts a bit of, I don't know, news, a bit of information about what CTE actually is. Um, yeah, it's, you know, mood, mood swings, what mood behavioural changes, you know, causes the onset of dementia. Uh, it's pretty dangerous. Obviously, you know, us all playing, at, playing footy from a, you know, a, a young, so since, since, since a young age, obviously, you know, it is pretty scary and confronting seeing that, like, you know, it's the first, you know, that um, farmer's just been able to, you know, have his, you know, have his brain looked at and to see that that's, that's the case is quite scary. Um, yeah, it is, especially in the game of football. So it's got so many concussions week in, week out. You see a plague and concussion and it's scary stuff. It really is. One of the scariest things is that it gets worse as time passes. So, you know, it can start off as just, you know, the odd headache and migraines, you know, as these players are retiring from footy. And it does lead to, you know, like early onset dementia as they get older. And yeah. unfortunately, we can only identify it after, uh, after these death. greats have passed. So. And even Nicky Wimmer, um, obviously St Kilda great, said, um, said, came out and said this week, one minute you're having a good chat, laughing and joking, next minute you're sitting there with your eyes full of tears thinking, what's going on there? You forget things, one minute I'm okay, next I'm not. And that's really concerning for well, anyone anyone at all, mm. especially if it is um, of playing a game that you love and playing a game that you go to their job, it's their vocation for many of them. It's, um, it's really scary stuff. And also, yeah, um, you can talk about, you know, Paddy McCartan. Exactly. Um, yeah. Him at the Saints, you know, a lot of concussion issues. Even, I don't know if you guys heard um, Venables, Daniel Venables, yep. yeah. ex-Pegs boy as well, repping, repping the lads. But, um, um, but yeah, obviously he's... You know, it's come out that he won't play, um, won't play twenty twenty from um, you know a, a concussion that happened to him in round nine of yeah. last year. You know, um, so that's pretty scary as that, well. That was a huge concussion. I've seen the video of that. That's, yeah, he got hit. He hits the ground as exactly. well. Exactly, yeah. he got hit twice in the one motion, and he was out well before he hit the ground. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah it's really scary for AFL football and. And this wasn't AFL research done, but in the NFL, 111 brains were taken and only one was found to not have CTE, which is, although we can only draw so many comparisons between AFL and NFL, they're both obviously um, dangerous sports. And high contact. That's definitely a way to put it. And to know that one of 111 brains that were analysed. That's really nuts, yeah. It's, it's scary. It's horrifying. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Especially from all of us four. We all play football. I know not at AFL level, we're not going to have the head knocks. But you know what I mean? It's just, it's um, scary to think about. From that though, what can we see the AFL doing to counteract it? Because it's not realistic to say we're just going to make touch tackles. and No, but I don't think, is just putting on a helmet going to stop this sort of stuff? I don't think no, so. No, I don't think yeah. so. Because yeah. a lot of studies have been done around the helmets that like a player like Caleb uh, Daniels wears. And a lot of it to do, they think, oh, they've got the helmet on so I can go in harder than what they normally would when it counteracts. It's Also, I know it's a bit of an old 
sort of way of thinking. But you know, you we know playing more junior footy, local footy, that uh, you know, when you see a kid with a helmet, sometimes they get targeted potentially. Yeah, and it's not a good thing at all, but it happens. So, yeah. and I can see honestly, I can see the through. I know last last night's game isn't a great example, but I can you can see players might start to stop going in not so hard, but as in like caring about their own safety more and taking care of themselves around the contest while still having that physicality but protecting their head when they can. And you don't want that something to be on the AFL player's mind. You would hope that systems can be put in place to make the AFL player feel comfortable. Yeah, you know, exactly. They're at an elite level and they should feel safe yep. in competing to their... 100% capabilities. Yep. So I guess someone has to step in. Yeah. Well, in other injury-related news, we saw Essendon have, over the off-season, 15 surgeries. What are we right in saying that? Can they... I know we brushed on it last week, but I want to go back to it I after these, because I didn't know they had so many surgeries, but can they bounce back from those injuries? In time? In, yeah, well, in time throughout this season. Well, realistically, it... I'm not quite sure who it's who who has had the surgeries. Um, I know it's been a bit of their key defenders. So Paddy Ambrose just recently went down, um, and that could see you could see that Josh Kennedy kicked six. Yep. You know, um, but and they were playing a very weakened squad, and they um, managed to win the other day. But uh, I just think the teams are going to be so close quality wise this season that. With major injuries, a lot of major injuries, it could be the thing that pushes them way down the ladder. And not even just out of the eight, I'm way down. And even um, like in their ruck, who are they going to ruck? Because you've got, well, you could, Andrew Phillips would have to go, but like, you know, that's a, just a player that you don't really hear of. Let's... He's a serviceable ruckman, but he's nothing special, especially if they want to be pushing for the A. Yeah, exactly. And another option could be, you know, someone like Sean McKernan's run in the ruck for them before, but it's getting to the point where they need him as a, a forward. Yeah. Um, so their skipper as well, Dyson Apple. You see these big players that would have a, carry a lot of influence around the club in not only the playing, but the culture in the rehab group instead of running around in the main group of training, and that would have a lot of psychological effects on their playing group And I think well. particularly for Dyson Apple, because he's one that of late hasn't played, hasn't lit the world on fire with what he's done on the footy field, but um, his influence on the club and the young players and things like that is definitely still immeasurable. Yeah, definitely. Any captain, I think, in the AFL would be the same. Yeah, he... he even though there's been a lot said about their culture, it's guys like Heppel that they really need, especially this year with everything that's happened with Danaher, yeah. they need him to be stable. Because there aren't more players in that side that you think of that you can put in the same category as Dyson. A lot of it, when it comes to Essendon's culture and spiritual leaders, it does fall on his shoulders. And seeing him in the rehab room probably isn't what the other players want to see and it's not exactly boosting for the morale. No, not at all. So I was watching last night's game. Yeah. Obviously, we talked about it. And I noticed Andrew Gaff, to me, looks like an accountant. And I, uh, you know, I was... <laughs> it's oh. an interesting... <laughs> <laughs> what is it, like, can you, what does an accountant look like? 
Well, <laughs> Cal Wilkie. <laughs> yeah, he's an accountant. Well, you know, I want to be an accountant in the future. I'm a bit chunker for an accountant, but I, I, I just imagine. <laughs> I just imagine someone that's uh, a bit slimmer in the AFL. Like when we're talking about compared to a professional athlete, someone you know a bit skinnier, skinnier, um, bit like you know he's got the little like bit nerdy looking, nerdy looking, <laughs> bit of scruff on yeah, the face so, as well. Yeah, is that what we were going for. So who are we talking about? So, so we've got Callum Wilking, obviously, because he is an accountant. He's good with the numbers. <laughs> good um, with the numbers yeah. <laughs> who? Gaff. 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 Yeah. I'd like to put in forward all of Geelong's role players. <laughs> so we're talking about Colin Jasney. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> no, was, no, I don't think anyone was thinking Colin Jasney when he said James role players. James, James Parsons. Parsons. What is he doing on a footy field? <laughs> <laughs> like, you should be crunching the numbers somewhere. Um, you know, Mark O'Connor, like those sort of units. Um, yeah. Who, who else do you think? Oh, um, Henry. Yeah, Jackie Henry. Jackie yeah, Henry. yeah. Um, he, even Blitzass, maybe he's a bit of a tall guy, <laughs> but you know, he looks clean. A bit. He looks like he could do some work on the books. <laughs> could you see Brody Grundy coming in on the Vespa into an accounting firm? No, I don't know. Find the best. <laughs> okay, okay. So maybe maybe a hipster accounting. Yeah, firm. I could. <laughs> I could see him a little, a little abstract I could see him ordering an arm and maybe, maybe one in Byron Bay yeah, I don't know, something like fit the suit yeah. why are we getting more barista vibes from Brody Grundy yeah, definitely definitely, definitely, definitely yeah, yeah, I'm getting hippie barista yeah, yeah, exactly. that's, that's yeah. where it's coming from and oh. so also I was thinking uh, other professions that AFL players look like a couple of AFL players I reckon look like PE teachers PE teachers. Who have you got for PE teacher? <laughs> I don't know where this is going. I think that's 90% of them. Really? Yeah, to be fair, it is most of the league. But who is the most PE teacher looking? Mm, I know. Was he... Well, I've actually forgotten. Because <laughs> you've, you've actually just oh, ruined my uh, point. But uh, all good. Um, oh, God. I think, Jack, you've got a very close competitor for next week's no, ch- no, children's shit calls on the week's another... That's another. Uh, I tried to spice things up. That's, <laughs> that's another question. Can't even answer it. Um, you know, okay. I'll spot, you know, how about I spice it up? Please do. Um, a little more serious. A little, a little more serious. serious. Okay. We've had our laugh now. Obviously, throughout the year, the draft draft comes around every year. Yes. Talk about a potential number one draft pick. Elijah Hollands has ruptured his ACL. He has. Obviously, I know from experience what that's like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know it's twelve months out of the game. Obviously, he'll still get picked up. Yeah. I do reckon his draft stock definitely it's does first fall. First rounder. The yeah. Apparently, it's a weak draft. But it would be a bit like a Stevens, uh, who got had the heart problem, went was picked to go number one, number two, something like that. Cooper Stevens. No, Jack, Stevenson. James Stevenson. Oh, Stevenson. Sorry, Stevenson. Everyone's having a meal today. And uh, yeah, so he fell down the drafts, taking order a little bit. And just one more, one more. Yep. Um, in darts, in darts, in d- yeah, the world, <laughs> the world of darts. You got Michael Smith hitting the the perfect the nine data. Yeah, the nine data since uh, first time since oh, first time most recent to happen since twenty seventeen. Yeah, that was uh, I watched the video clip of that. That was pretty sensational. Yeah, so, yeah, the crowd absolutely loved it. I just imagine myself up at Harper's backyard. Getting the darts, I get one triple twenty or every. I don't even know, and I think I'm a superstar. This you hit the dartboard, mate. You think you're a superstar? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This bloke's gone perfect. Just the perfect, perfect game. The perfect score. Anyway, I think unless you got something to say, Jack. Jack. No. Okay. I think no. that's all we got time for. <laughs> Thank you, and um, tune in next week.